Alright, uh, SNY was just showing the racing sausages in Milwaukee, and they had a poll up on the screen uh, about the racing sausages. I don't know if we introduced ourselves before. I'm Jesse. Uh, Addy has the poll up that SNY was running. It's just us here on Will It's Pub. What's up? Today. There's a number of this episode. Don't know what it is. Who knows? It's in the URL of the window we are in. It is Will It's Pod 19. Um, racing sausages in Milwaukee. They are wonderful. They are the best thing about that ballpark where the Mets are playing as we record this on whatever night of the week this is. Tuesday. Once again, who knows? Time has no meaning. Oh, time is literally not real. It's just a human conception. There is no reality to time. But anyway. Speaking of which, the bars right now on our recording are absolutely flying by. So this, uh, who knows what the future holds for this episode. <laughs> we got we got a two-person episode that might just Let me just say. Ether, and that's how we're going to treat it. Mercury retrograde. Oh, absolutely. I have to say, and I say this with love, because this is gonna, this is me bringing my best. When I record this podcast, I never imagine another human being listening to it. Oh God, no! <laughs> and tonight, I'm hanging out with my boyfriend, who drops casually into our conversation that he listens to this podcast. <laughs> Which is obviously horrific <laughs> I love him so much I'm so thankful for his support shout out to him I am but wow that disturbed me <laughs> on a fundamental level I was horrified our last episode by the fact that Caroline was like in the room um like at the end of it like we were doing our post show chat and I hadn't realized that like she had walked into the room and I was like how much of that did you hear Bro, here's the bro. There's nothing that she can't hear, but also I know. Ah. I mean, okay. So here's the worst part of what he said to me. He says to me, "I said you listen to the podcast," and he said, "Yeah, most of the time I hear you record it," (laughs) which disturbed me deeply. And then he was like, "And when I don't, I listen," which I'm like, "This is both the sweetest thing ever," and I'm like. Oh my God. Like I come to this and I sit down with some people who I have an interesting conversation, maybe about the Mets with, and that's just how it goes. Interesting <laughs> maybe about the Mets, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Again, who knows? But this is what it's <laughs> It is. <laughs> Joey Rodriguez is into the game for the Mets tonight, and uh, Joey Rodriguez of podcasting uh, is the level that we are at. I was I was at lunch with a friend wow. today. Um, Joey's been good. I shouldn't I shouldn't slag him like that, but I will speak about a f- fellow former Yankee who came up today um, at lunch just because we were talking about a game. Um, it's actually uh, my friend John who think will be the next pot at the park guest he was gonna lay out our book still is gonna lay out our book someday um yeah john uh, he was my editor at deal breaker a financial uh website where uh he is a communist who hits this whole thing about capitalism it's badass he's done it for a while um pretty great yeah the the deal breaker to willett's pen connection uh continues apace and strong. Um, I think there's been like six people that ever worked there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Sean Henn, the the Met, uh, wrapped up his career with the Mets in, in like 07. Um, not 07, because he's with the Yankees in 07. I'll, I'll call his baseball reference page back up here. Uh, because this, this was a trip. And this... Sean Henn is a guy who will not exist anymore because of the the three batter rule. Um, he was a lefty. He is a lefty. He is still this very is lefty very discrimination as a left-handed person myself. Mm-hmm. No respect. My parents are left-handed. My really? Left-handed. But you're not. I'm not. I've are you, are your wife or kids at all? No. 
Fascinating. I've always thought that it was because I broke my left wrist when I was three, but who knows? Everything that happens to us in our entire lives is because of like some shit that broke when we were three. Yeah. Um, so Sean Henn, in his career, uh, Yankees from yeah 05 to 07, terrible. Um, Padres in 08, terrible. Uh, Minnesota and Baltimore in 2009, terrible with both. Um, got to the got back to the majors with the Mets in 2013, uh, pitched in four games, two and two thirds innings. And, you know, one run, he gave up a homer to somebody, um, three hits, you know, did nice little Owen one, 3.38 to wrap up his career, a career in which he had a 7.42 ERA over six big league seasons in which he appeared 64 games, struck out 63 batters and walked 67. And he was 0 and 1 for his career. Oh, he was 2 and 10 for his career. Oh, I'm sorry, I misheard that. 2013 Mets. Oh, I'm sorry, I misheard. Yeah. I w- I but I fully believed that, right? Like I was like that makes sense based yeah. on everything. <laughs> he would just come in, walk a dude and, and that was it. <laughs> fact, his last major league appearance was September 23rd. 2013. Um, wow. 2 nothing. Oh, goodness. Manny Parra getting the win against the Mets. That seems unfair. Um, let's see. How did, how did this one wrap up? Oh, goodness. Sean Henn's career ended giving up. A, he came in to face Shinsu Chu with runners on first and third um, in the 10th inning in Cincinnati. And he just promptly gave up a single. And that was the last pitch he threw in the major leagues. A walk-off win. Walk-off win for the Reds. That's amazing. A walk-off win to the Reds being your last pitch in the majors. Like, that's that's actually rough. (laughs) He made it back. You know? Yeah, I guess that's true. games, the Mets lost all of them. Um, I mean, he came into... I can't believe he came into a tie game. That's phenomenal faith that was shown. In, I think they were out of pitchers, probably. Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. Was he came in in the tenth? Well, he entered. Um, yeah, he came in in the tenth with uh, runners on first and third and one out. Uh, oh, they. He was the last. He was literally the last pitcher available. He relieved Greg Burke, who I had never heard of until seeing that box score. I was going to say, who the hell is that? Um, <laughs> The first two games that he came in, he they were uh, down by nine and down by five. Yeah. Um, and then the other game was uh, his last appearance in New York was him taking the loss. He went one and a third innings uh, against the Giants at home, but gave up a home run to Angel Pagan. Wow. Wow. Holy shit. I covered Sean Henn with the Staten Island Yankees and Angel Pagan with the Brooklyn Cyclones. Wow. Once again, time is fake. <laughs> That's crazy. Sean Henn was born the same year as me, but the same day as my wife. What's the what's the month and day? I want to know what his sign is. He is April twenty third. Huh? April twenty third. That's my dad's birthday. A oh. Taurus icon. Yeah. Wow. What a big day. Yeah, your dad and my wife have the same birthday. Yeah, and William Shakespeare. Yes. Yeah. What a fascinating day. Some heavy hitters. <laughs> this is incredible. Yeah, Sean Hen uh, made his professional debut in 2001 with Staten Island where he was quite good and didn't walk everybody in sight. Um, mm, huge. 49, walked uh, 15. And that was a playoff team. They were an awesome team, that, that Staten Island team. They were not as good as the Brooklyn team, which was... Um, I wrote about this and, and this is what I... You know, I'll divorce it now from, from 9-11 20 years on because I processed 9-11... Through, that, through going back to that story a couple weeks ago. Um, 
I say as I look dead away from the screen. Um, that 01 Cyclone scene, it really was incredible. I, and I, I feel like I lose that in thinking about 9-11 all the time with them. Um, what a phenomenal... Just... You see a team click and... Yeah, you've seen it this year, and it, it's it's something that you can even bring back mostly the same guys, and yeah, those guys from the Cyclones, and, and they talked about it too. Like they went on and they played together, and they won they won a championship at one of the A ball levels, like that group of guys. But it was never the same as that team that summer. I think that you see it, you know, the the Yankees, um, they were fucking fun in 2017. They were decently cool in 2019 when, you know, Aaron Boone is going savages in the box. They have a lot of the same players, but they also, you know, you filter in your Josh Donaldsons. Um, filter in... A world as Chapman just festers there. Um, <laughs> festers there, perfect verbiage. <laughs> they're not fun. Yeah. And you know, you can you can give me shit for like being like, oh, you're only paying no attention to the myth. No, they're good. I, I didn't think they were going to be this good this year. You know, I'm honestly uh, not going to give you shit about that because. My baseline is that, like, our relationship is we followed each other on Twitter for a really long time. Yeah. And then suddenly we, we like, began working together in this, yeah. like, fun, non-horrible work way. I have actually always associated you with the Mets, and I'm sure that's my own bias of, like, being a Mets fan. Yeah. But to me, like, I've always thought, like, yeah, like, Jesse Spectres is a fellow Mets fan. Like, And I am. I, I, right. I, I totally look, you created this. Like, I don't know what this is. Like, as I often say at the bargaining table, like, we wouldn't do this if we hated our jobs. <laughs> um, but I think it's funny that you, like, kind of even feel that way because when we began, like, when you came to me and were like, hey, would you be interested in doing this thing? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, like, I love the Mets. There was no part of me that was like, yeah, like the Mets are going to be fucking amazing this year. Like, let's do it. And so I totally leave you. Like, yeah, I could. I probably would have told you, like, look, like the Mets, the Mets Honestly, fell apart have, last year. But like, toil to work through. I literally thought we'd have more toil. Which you know what? We've come all the way, and I do so. I need to talk about how I'm afraid I've changed the Mac. Yeah, but I, I, um. Would love to n- come back to the sausage, God, the sausage rate question. What happened? Did he, uh, he I can't. I can't watch because he I'm going to jinx it if I turn it on. Look, <laughs> I'll take a walk. That's what yeah. I say every time. Mm-hmm. I'll take a walk. He's on base now. So, what was the poll about the sausage race? I think it was like which which sausage is your favorite. Uh, there's the bratwurst. There's the Italian sausage. The Polish sausage. Uh, the hot dog and the chorizo. What would you What would you vote for? I'm a bratwurst guy through and through. Um, you know, it it was happenstance that uh, a trip that I made to Milwaukee was brought. You know, bobblehead is not the right word. Um, hang on for just I, I can I, I it's right behind me here in fact. Uh, Bob, all the bobbleheads are over here. Many of them, anyway. Um, and now the kids have gotten into all here. Here's one that we got from the Pot of Their Own fundraiser raffle. We got this Max Treasure one that spins. Wow. I just want everyone who can't see this right now to know that I am looking at a shelf right now that includes what is clearly Jesse's, like, you know, best dishes. Like, this must be, like, oh. a grandmother's china. These like, wedding colors. china. Exactly. It's clearly. So what are they? They're the landlords. Exactly. It's the nicest China like you've ever seen. 
and it's on the same shelf to the like literally not even like there's some china like on two shelves and bobbleheads on one shelf like there's there's one shelf that's all china there's one shelf that's mostly china and some bobbleheads and then there's a bobblehead shelf this is amazing these these glasses that i love uh, (laughs) those are from my grandma yeah that's incredible the china the bobbleheads um, the the reason that i am a a bratwurst aficionado is uh this guy wow wait so is this not a bobblehead i would have called this a bobblehead it it is a bobblehead i guess but like it's whole he's if if he's if this is a bobblehead it implies that he's head all the way down to his pants or to his later hosen. That's so true. The head, Everything it's not, the head moves. Above the, above yeah, the exactly. A bobble body. It's called a bobble bratwurst is what I've uh, traditionally. Yeah. When, when describing this character. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to be a, I don't know if this is being like a contrarian or just like a traditionalist. I'm going to go with the hot dog on this one. Like this is a baseball stadium. Who deserves to win more than the simple treasured hot dog? I mean, there is also the, the element of which cartoon character do you prefer? Naturally. You know what? I need to look at all of them. Yeah. Mill, Walkie, Brewers. I, had I known, sausage. I would have a sausage race t shirt, but that also would have been wearing a Brewers t shirt during the Mets Brewers series, and I can't do that. Okay, so. Like, I can, I can be a fan of, like, you know, multiple teams and shit and, like, live my life how I choose. Um, and, yeah, and I, I guess. Like, I can't. <laughs> I cannot like I like the breweries in general. A guy from my college paper, uh, this is like another like weird connection. Um, same same thing. Guy from college paper uh, is like running R and D for the brewers and like has been for years. He ran the Daily Pennsylvanian's website. Good for him. Yeah, it's awesome. And like I don't think that's awesome. That he was a big baseball fan when we worked together in, at the college paper. Yeah. But he just has appeared as this like wonderful baseball person. Yeah. How lovely. Um, Wait, so here's my question. I'm I'm looking at a picture of all the sausages sausages. to see each cartoon character. Mm -hmm. So who is number two? I cannot tell what that is supposed to evoke, but that's like that's the character speaking most to me. Uh, Number two is the Polish. Ooh. Bratwurst one, Polish two, Italian three. Yeah. Um, hot dog, hot dog four, hot dog <gasps> is a later edition in the nineties. Wait, uh, so who's five? Chorizo. Chorizo came in. Uh, when was Chorizo? Chorizo permanently joined in two thousand seven. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, chorizo was going to be my first choice. I love chorizo. It's delicious. Just like as a general meat, huge fan. But like hot dog should be the, I don't know. None of these look quite representative of the sausages sausage that they are supposed to be. Certainly not. I mean, in most, I think of your anthropomorphic foods, I think you'll find they try to make at least somewhat, um, impossible to eat yeah in in most cases anyway okay are you are you familiar because this is like before you eat geez this is 2003 you were a child (laughs) i was fully eight years old okay so are you if does the name randall simon mean anything to you it doesn't i'm gonna share a link with you on on the messenger here and we will get to experience, folks. Eddie Baird experiencing and viewing the Randall Simon incident. This should like be like a segment now. Like I feel like every time we record, I like experience. We, no, we like I, have a moment where I experience a baseball thing. It's the coolest thing about like you know <laughs> being a being a baseball like you know. There's that XKCD cartoon 
with the Diet Coke and Mentos, where it's like, here, one of today's lucky 10,000. Like, you know, if, if there's something that everybody knows, like there's 10,000 people a day who are just learning it for the first time. It's true. Um, Wait, so did you send this? Nothing came through. I sent it to you on iMessage. Oh, on iMessage. Okay. iMessage, probably. No, 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 no. I see it on iMessage. I got it. Okay, Simon Takes Down Racing Sausage. <laughs> what a great title. All right, let's see what happens here. Oh, my God. Not a 15-second ad. This is disrespectful. <laughs> All right, so I see that there's a description. This is from July 9th, 2003. And I have two, one, time for me to experience. Ah! Here it comes. I forgot the pirates were wearing those yellow jerseys. The yellow jerseys I mean, are great. Has dropped again here on Willard's Pod. The two-person episode causing all kinds of chaos. So which one did he take down? All right, he took out three. He took out the Italian, and then Hot Dog went down with him. Polish is there uh, trying to help trying to help out. Polish is trying to help out. I mean, and and then Brower's just freaking took off and presumably went for the win. <laughs> but the oh. thing that is, like, that was a huge deal. Um, okay. And a big news story, and yeah. Um, this is so funny because when I Googled, okay, so I'm going to pull up the history. So what I Googled was Milwaukee Brewers sausage race. And when I was Googling that, the first suggested result was hit by bat. Milwaukee Brewers sausage race hit by bat. And I was about, like, I was literally lining up in my head for the next subject to be, why is this the most why is this the top thing? This is insane. Sausage rage incident. <gasps> Stop. Yes. Stop. Simon's Wikipedia it's page. a Wikipedia section. Stop. Okay. On July 9th, 2003. Give us a good reading. <laughs> okay. On July 9th, 2003, while playing. Okay. Let me actually back up. I should have said this is the sausage race incident, which is a complete section under Randall Simon's Wikipedia page. On July 9th, 2003. <laughs> well, how many people were on base just now? Wait, what just happened? Francisco Lindor hit a grand slam in the seventh inning. <gasps> Shut up! The bases right now. There's Shut a lot of Mets fans there. Gives a big hug from Nimmo. Oh, they're so happy. You're going to. Fist bump. Brewers are unhappy. Oh, I love unhappy Brewers. Wait, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. High fives. Naquin's coming in with high fives. Here comes McCann through the dugout. High fives. There's Lindor. Everybody loves him. Up. So Pete hit a three run home run in the top of the sixth. Yes. Shut up yeah pizza now you know here's what i love so on um on the mlb app under game day it lists this as francisco lindor hits a grand slam 25 he's got 25 grand slams that's 100 rbis real quick (laughs) oh man he destroyed that ball Okay, I just need to jump to this topic. I think I've cursed the Mets, and this is proving it. I think I've jinxed them. I don't know. I don't know, because you're in the middle of doing this right now. and But I'm not watching. You're not watching. I'm not watching. That's the thing. I, I have- see. I, I see and I understand where that is. Oh my gosh, Jesse, I'm about to send you something. I just got the most amazing text. My father. 
just texted me. This is my dog, Thor. He is named after... Oh, oh my, my gosh! Dog! He is named after Noah Syndergaard. Um, and he is... My dad just sent me a text... Thor celebrating Frankie's granny, which is a picture of my dog, my beloved. He's a Vishla. He is so smart and beautiful, wearing a Mets chain that I didn't know my family owned. <laughs> Kids love those things, by the way. Like the, those, like oh, right, yeah, like chain link chains, and they got the big dang. It's like a turnover chain, but for baseball, yeah, it's great. It's so funny dog. you say that. I know. That's a I dog have who can wear that chain too. That's a dog who that's can wear that chain. I am obsessed. Yeah, no, he really can pull it off. That actually makes a lot of sense, Jesse. This is kind of the rare case where you've given me some insight into young people. <laughs> I, I say that as a like I have younger sisters yeah, and my no. my parents own my family owns multiple of these. I have a mess one and I apparently and i knew that they have a padres one my little sister's a padres fan which is a conversation for another time um it, but i had no idea that they were like big with kids yeah um <laughs> they were like especially like the kids in Baltimore. i bet that they had like a kids giveaway day in baltimore like earlier in the season because they were like so many kids at the orioles game with them also that's a great necklace with that cartoon oriole like you can, and the fact that the Orioles like embraced the chaos coming and like, I love the Orioles like leaning into the wire because they're like, yeah, fuck it. We're Baltimore. We're going to have to do this at some point. And also uh, like our young players aren't really stars yet, so we can't totally market them and we're winning when we didn't expect to. So, so what else are we supposed to do? We'll turn the bird into a character from the wire. Absolutely. So here's my thing. So in the pre-show that was our attempt at the show first, yeah, <laughs> I revealed this fact, which is a, as probably many people listening to this podcast know, frankly, I'm working on a book proposal about like baseball and magic. And so I feel hyper aware of like, jinxing the Mets right now and I watched from this like from the start I gave up on each one before it was over but when the Mets got swept by the Cubs I sat down as I do many nights after I had had a couple days of like a little less frequent Mets watching than I normally have I regularly watch like at least have on while I'm doing things probably you know, six of an average seven Mets games in a week at this point. And I had kind of fallen from that probably four-ish. I'd missed several games in a recent spade. So then I really come back. It's the Cubs series. And I, I turned it on. It's like time for the Mets to play. And I turned the game on and they get fucked. Like it was horrible. After a couple of the games I had missed, that they had won. So I tr- attempt to watch this whole series. They lose every game. Then the next game, they um, won. I didn't watch. Like I had been, I'd been away. And this is, this pattern has started to hold. I missed the DeGrom game. I haven't actually sat down and like really watched a Mets game in full since then because I'm like paranoid. So when they started to have this rally and I was like, oh, I should turn it on. Jesse was like, don't, which I really felt like was the universe being like, actually, it's real. You need to stay away from these fuckers. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I think I jinxed them. You didn't. I did. You did the right thing by not turning this game on during the rally, because that's, you know, I, I know that no baseball player knows how to get out of a slump, and, and this is just as as magical and mystical as any of that. You are in a fan slump right now. It's true. And At the weirdest time. And you decide... It's, it is and it isn't. I think just like the Mets against the Cubs, like, you came through August, it was a real... Real fucking grind. And then, you know, you had a road trip that wasn't so bad. 
you know, but you finally come home, you got the Cubs. What a mess. Yeah. Like, I I don't even feel like it's, like, worth talking about at this point, right? Like, it's, like, whatever. And And I felt this. I saw a lot of people, like, my fellow Mets fans on Twitter saying this. Like, as soon as the conversation started to be, like, the Mets have an easy schedule. Nothing to worry about. Like, the Mets have the easiest schedule. That's, like, red fucking alarm bells for every Mets fan. And they... It kind of just felt like that. We've moved into the vibe check section of this yeah. podcast. I mean, I feel like, I feel like the thing that happened with the Cubs and, and you know, it is like, you don't have to go in with the whole, like, you don't want to go, go in. I mean, you always want to win, blah, blah, blah. It really sucks if you're the Mets and you go into the playoffs with some shit like, um, I would. I, I want them to win the division. Don't I want them wrong. to win the division. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing Edwin Diaz like blow one save in a really weird way, so that we never see a graphic on a screen in October that's like Edwin Diaz has not blown a uh, save. Because here's where that's also baked into baseball is right before the Kirk Gibson home run in Game One in the '88 World Series. It's on the screen. Like, it's the most famous example of that cliche because it's fucking real. Mm. Like, one of the most memorable home runs in the history of the World Series is partly that memorable, not just because Gibson was hurt, not just because Eckersley was, you know, a Hall of Famer. No, that was fucking Eckersley at his peak. Like, the graphic was there, like, has not allowed, blah, 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 since blah, blah, blah. Like... There was no way that should have happened, despite Kirk Gibson like having been a World Series hero four years ago and a previous MVP and all that shit. Like, it was all built up that way. But like, I'm sure that if you were an A's fan and your team hadn't been on tops, and yeah, they wound up not on top that year, but like, the A's were shit from like the time you know the dynasty ended to the '80s. Like they're much like every other, there's no in between for Oakland. They're either top of the world, swinging A's, Bash Brothers, Moneyball, or they're complete dog shit. Um, so, like if you're uh, if you're an A's fan, like, oh no, this is where we get fucked. And sure enough, like that's what happened. And then you know, so that's it, it's perfectly understandable. But I think that what you have to to realize is like. You're not going to never watch the Mets win a game again. No, it's so... I mean, you're right. Like, but you don't... You don't... And this is what I was getting at, like, like comparing it to a player's slump, being a fan slump. You don't want to get, like... You made the decision this game was not it tonight. And now they've come back in the game. So... They kind of reset, like they they did some shit while you were like, oh hey, what's up? Yeah, um, you're right. You catch those highlights. You come back tomorrow, and, and you've got you know you've got fresh games with with better vibes. And I think that you know you you, you mentioned Mercury retrograde before. How much longer uh, it goes to the end of the fucking Atlanta series? Oh, it's the end of the Atlanta series. I know everything about. I, I almost mentioned this at the start of our first podcast. Everything about the vibes lately is so Mercury retrograde. Because, yeah. because like, okay, look, I... I'm talking <laughs> about this like I know it so well. But, but you do. Like, the thing about the thing about astrology to me is it's like it's, it's a lived experience. And, like, we're having a lot of lived experience of Mercury retrograde. And I'm loving the experience of documenting it. Um, but here's, like, okay... The thing I don't know if I'll ever say in the book that I'm writing, but I'll say here, is that like I actually do believe that there is something about like I don't believe that my superstitions about Jacob Degrom determine how Jacob Degrom det- like plays, but I I I don't know. I there is something there's some part of me that feels like I do believe that our brains create the reality around us to a, to an extent that we can't even fundamentally understand because 
we're human beings. Like we're like ants on a cosmic scale, probably. And like, I think that there is something about the sort of, not my personal interaction, but the overall energy between team and fan that is real, that like creates something. And I actually think that like Mets fans are a huge and beautiful example of that. And you hear Mets players talk about this all the time. Like the most recent example I can think of is like Brandon Nimmo after he made that unbelievable catch, maybe like a month ago being like, this is the moment I dreamed of. Like I dreamed of being here to like give Mets fans what they deserve. You could see it in him after the clinch too. You could. And that is where I'm coming with this is that like, I am having this fan slump that it's like, like any slump. It's like, I've been kind of busy. I'm being kind of social. And also I feel kind of annoyed with the Mets. Like I'm not really bringing the energy to this that I want to, but that is, it feels like it's coming at the funniest time where they just clinched a postseason spot. Like the Mets are going to the playoffs. Like the Mets are going to the playoffs. Yes. The Mets are going to the playoffs. They are. The Mets are going to the playoffs. They clinched the playoff spot. The Mets are going to the playoffs. They still have the division very much within their their reach. Um, yeah, now Trevor May is struggling. Tying runs. A classic, beautiful. I love it. Like whatever, it's fine. If if they lose, I'll feel really cured. Exactly. That's why. If they win, I'll come up with a reason why I'm cured. <laughs> yep. I also watched last night. I'm saying this like I didn't watch the game last night. Like I watched the game last night. And they, what are they, they clinched. They, yeah. The Mets clinched a playoff. Like, and my father. I can't lo- watch the Mets win a game. I can't see the playoffs. I know. I watched right? the clinch a playoff spot last no, night. No, bro. This is like fully the thing. I, I, I didn't, I didn't watch from the start. I had, I had work and that's why I came in at the yeah. end. So I'm like, I didn't affect it. But again, mm. my, I, I like, I think, I don't know. There's something about that to me, but again, my dad, wonderful Mets texter. No one texts about the Mets. Like my father, he texts me. So dot, dot, dot playoff birth tonight. How does it feel? And I said, I'm happy, but not ready to celebrate yet, which is sort of my vibe check. Like I am happy, Yeah. but I, and it's funny because a year ago us, if we were like, we're actually not happy that the Mets clinched a playoff berth. Like, we are only happy before if they win the division. Before the equinox. We would laugh at ourselves. We would literally laugh at ourselves. But the Mets are that good. I, I get it, though. This, this I get it. They possible. are yeah. that good. And they should get it. And I want to see it. And I think it's okay that we want to see it. But my dad's response is fucking in quotes. You celebrate making the playoffs. Max Scherzer. <laughs> And then he says, but I know exactly what you're saying. <laughs> but like you celebrate it and like, they didn't go nuts. They, you know, they had that. It was they, nice. They had the right vibe. But yeah, we've put in a lot for this and we've known that this is happening, but we went out tonight and we did it. And yeah, tonight Dan Vogelbeck's going to, Dan Vogelbeck's going to sit at his locker with a can of Bud Light. So and good. Phone, just chilling. There's so many things about that. Like, first of all, obsessed with that picture alone. He's hanging. Second of all, if you zoom out from that picture, what it, what was happening was all of the Latin players gathering together, like clearly having this moment. It's like Edwin Diaz, Tomas Nito, like all of them having this moment to like kind of like, like Francisco Lador, like celebrating together. Um, you know, Daniel Vogelbach is in the background on his phone, clearly unaware of what's happening in front of him. And Jeff McNeil is also clearly completely unclear on what is going on because he comes in, like he like ducks himself like into the front of this picture as Brandon and like pops him in the back and like, oh my God, like they just, they just wanted to be a part of the picture. Jeff's like, hey, we taking pictures. <laughs> It's it's the memes. I there's a there's a there's an Instagram account. This is honestly where I get a lot of my Mets information because you know I'm not a real Twitter Twitter gal lately. It was an Instagram account called Met City, M E T C I T I, that 
does a perfect like morning rundown for me of the like uh, good met. Yeah, it's good. Wait, did he? Did did Trevor strike someone out? out? Yeah, yeah. No, he didn't give anything up. He he got out of the seventh, seven to four. Fantastic. So, what's your check? What's your kind of like vibe check on the Mets overall? How are you feeling? We clinch playoffs, playoff berth. We're here. Yeah, I mean. We'll put out the pot at the park from from the Cub series with Danielle. That still hasn't come out because I we've had a lot of stuff. Blah 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 blah. Blah blah blah. Um, yeah, and that was a pretty down time. But it was like also, um, I was petting a dog during that. Like, not so bad. Um, what a beautiful reflection on life, honestly. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, they they go out and. Take care of the pirates and yeah, no, that was huge. Yeah, this this game right now, whether they hold on or not, is still you know you were down four nothing to a pretty good team, and you know regardless of where that team has slipped to this year, they're they're a good and desperate team. Um, come back, put seven on them, and and turn a game around like that, and show you know what you've been all year. I think that's huge for them. Um. I think their vibes are fine. I think, you know, it was, you know, like the work honeymoon ending for me. Like I, I started last week at Grand Central doing that tour. Um, had a legit, just hard week, mental health, physical health, job stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know. Um, but I, I ended the week, um, went to the app, well, Friday, um, Friday started just the way that that week was going. I was walking around, you know, walk, I was walking the dog, um, phone in my hand, just checking the morning news and a bird pooped on my phone. <laughs> um, I was like, Oh, okay. So all right, that's the universe telling me it's new phone day. Um, so I went to the Apple store late at night figuring, okay, it's Friday night. Like who's going to be at the Apple store at like Friday at 11. This is where my insomnia will pay dividends. Um, of course, being like the Central Park flagship Apple store, there's a million people there in a line up outside. No, no. That's hard to think. Could I have gotten a phone by now? Had I just ordered one online? Absolutely. But I'm now determined to do this in person, and I will. Um, but af- after that, after failing to acquire a phone, I just, you never got a phone. I still haven't gotten a phone. Oh no, Jesse! Uh, it's Tuesday. I sanitized the phone after the bird poop. Like I, I, I didn't think that you didn't, but you gotta listen to the universe. I know. But again, <laughs> like I've, I've been, I've been cracked up on things, and like literally cracked up on things because, like, um, when we drove down to to Baltimore, um got a crack in our windshield on the Jersey Turnpike, mm. um, which has continued to grow to a point of like, mm. yeah, this needs to be addressed before it's really driven. Um, it, it needed to be addressed anyway, but now it's like, it really needs to be addressed. Um, and I'm going to get it taken care of on Thursday, but like, I forgot that the order of things that you're supposed to do when you get a crack in your windshield, like first you call the insurance and then the insurance tells you where to go to get your thing replaced, which is I mean, I never knew that. A bonkers thing. They're like, Oh yeah, that's insanity. I was like, Okay, I'll call Geico and then the Geico sends me back to them. Um and I have like a pretty good policy, I think. Um know, it'll be free, you know, to replace the windshield, but just Well that's good. But like it's that kind of thing, like just getting that shit wrong. Um, showing up at the Apple store and like not getting my phone for another four. Mm. But like I went back and, and like just, you know what was nice and empty on Friday night at, at 11 and midnight was Grand Central Station. Uh, beautiful. The live open part that's just the beautiful beating heart of New York with the clock in the middle and the giant vaulted ceiling and the classic station that it is um and i felt at peace with like yeah that was a weird week and this is another weird week mm. october is going to be really weird um 
the Mets don't do not weird. They they are good, but they will never not be weird because they are the Mets. They are incapable of existing outside of that plane of Metsness. Like Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor, the like a a buddy movie, um, good one. Um, and then you have Scherzer and DeGrom and you have all, all this, but they're still, they can't do it normal. They can't, they have Max come back, throw six perfect innings <sighs> and like, but, Oh shit. We got, we got the Max Scherzer perfect game stuff in the game where Max Scherzer came back from the, from the injured list. Yep. And it's like, what do you do? And like, of course it was the right decision to take him out of that game. Sure. Yeah. I was was. still pissed off, but like, yeah, I wanted to see it. I mean, I, I've told my kids this from, you know, I've told more than my kids. This I've said this since before they were born. It's not really a Mets game until the tying run is out of the plate in the ninth inning for somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, it's like, you know, you texted me earlier today and we're like, can you do a vibe check on the Mets for the newsletter this week? And I'm like, yeah, sure. But I have no idea what I'm going to say, you know? Yeah. And we're like, all right, let's like do the podcast and like see. And now, you know, 46 minutes in, as we should really should be probably winding down. We should be, but I feel like we've also been kind of watching this game, but I, I feel like I've been kind of yeah. proxy on your behalf. No, it's um, I, and it's kind of fun. Like, uh, I, look, I'm having a great time. It's also the eighth inning, and and we can keep watching the game and talking, but we should probably wrap it up for the list. Yeah, but like, <laughs> you know, we'll keep we'll we'll go until we want to be done. Um, the Mets are good, but they'll never not be weird. Like that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's that fundamentally, I do believe the Mets are good. This team is good. Like, that's been our joke all year. It's been the Mets sort of joke all year. Um, and it's actually probably taken me until they clinched a playoff berth, like a clinch, like clinch a, play, a playoff spot for me to really believe it. Because the Mets are so fucking weird. This has been the weirdest shit ever. <laughs> and I love hearing your story about the Apple store in Grand Central Station. I had a, I had a version of it when um, my partner and I were walking to dinner last Friday, and there's this thing going on in D.C. that really makes this a very dark story in some ways, where the, where the smoke from the wildfires on the West Coast has come all the way to D.C. to create these unreal sunsets that are as i was reading today they're kind of more like moonrises where like the the smoke creates this very clear image of the sun and it like distorts it in a way where as i was watching it like i you can uh, you can almost look like at the sun so the sky is so so pink and i'm looking at it as we're walking to dinner and the sun is so so red like this like it looks like this like foreign object in the sky. It's so distinct and bright, like orangey red. And as I looked at it, I had the exact same feeling you did. That was just like, I, we we're on really similar timelines. And I think it's interesting that we're doing this podcast yeah. together. We left full-time journalism jobs at the same time. and kind of went into a new space and are doing writing as the passion and no longer the work. And it's interesting and I also I think it is that way too. I think yeah. I, the reason that we click is we're all on kind of I agree. The length of the universe that way right now. Absolutely. And I, and I had a similar moment. Like I'm having a whole thing of being like doing my passion and the job that pays the bills. Boy, that's difficult. Uh, <laughs> what? Um, I'm having like an anxiety uptick for various reasons. And I was just walking to dinner and like seeing this, like sunset that's really just indicative of climate change but it was so beautiful and so like calming in a way that 
I was kind of caught off guard by and I had a very similar sensation of being like, man, weird time, but I'm not not glad to be here. Yeah. And it, it is, I think the, the <laughs> climate change does have a similar feeling of, well, we're inevitably doomed as, yeah. but might as well enjoy it. Might as well watch the sunset. The Mets are climate change. The, the Mets are climate change. For them. Yeah. What's the score? It's seven four. Adovino's coming in in the bottom of the eighth. All right, we can probably wrap up this podcast. Maybe if I listen to the radio, it'll be okay. That's all. That's certainly um, always a, a great option. Um, the radio is safe. I'm a huge proponent of the radio. I, you know, you're talking about superstitions. Um, my my teen years are certainly a vast um, repository of it. I didn't watch the Rangers win the Stanley Cup live. <gasps> I listened to Marv Albert call it on the radio. Do you feel like, like, does that feel lovely to you or do you wish you saw it? It's fine with me. All right. I've seen it a million times. You um, know what? I think that's great. I'm going to listen yeah. to Howie. That's always, that's always good. Um, cause I'm, I'm a big, I, cause I'm so shifty. Um, should not shifty. That's, that's kind of <laughs> the opposite of shiftless. Where is it shiftless? Where, I don't know. What are you trying to describe? I struggle to sit in front of the television for three straight hours. Yes. And I think often, baseball is the right length and me too. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, you know, there's a dog walk mixed in there. Um, yeah. Often, especially with night games, there's like, um, and that's also like with the kids going back to school, like I haven't been like having the TV on like before bedtime the same way. Mm. So I haven't been watching them as the same way that I have been all summer long. And, and that does mess with the vibes a little bit, but now they're in my little window on the screen and in this little window, uh, Pete Alonso has hit a three run home run and Francisco Lindor has hit a grand slam and you know, I don't want to make the universe all about me here, but that is how we experience it. And I think that, you know, just the same way you turn on the radio and listen to Howie and Wayne call this Adam Adovino outing. And, you know, if the score holds and the Mets don't get another run, um, and Edwin Diaz save opportunity as it occurs to me that I mentioned earlier in the show how it wouldn't be such a bad thing to have him go one. Oh. Oh, this is still a save situation, is it? Well, look, I think that we should wind down this podcast. I'm going to turn this on and I'm going to blame that shit on you. If he blows one when they're up by three, (laughs) I said that shit, blame it on me. And except that that was the universe saying that Edwin Diaz needed to blow a save in fucking comical fashion. No, I would. Not go into the postseason with an ERA of, you know, decimals. Um, I know. I Like, what even is it? When was... I'm sorry. We shouldn't even talk about this. No, we should. We should. We should talk when about When was the last it. time Edwin let's, Diaz gave up a run? Let's confront this right in the face. Because if it happens, it happens. Um, but we are not... I can't speak that confidently about we are not affecting this in the universe. No, we are, but it's okay. We are, but we should. But the thing is, we should know what but we're I, getting but into. I'm not watching it, and we both agree that if you fuck up this game, <laughs> then it's your fault. It's fine. I'm not going anywhere, so I'm. I'm staying. Honestly, we're we've been here this long. Well, here's the other thing: is that, and, and this is something that I didn't get to before, and it's influenced by my experience with the Stanley Cup sandwich, is that talking about it totally just for me anyway um is is you know that's a no good um all right so the last time diaz gave up a run was september 1st in in the game against the dodgers he gave up uh 
He gave up a run September for this month. What was the last time before that? How did he give up a run in that game? He was in it. He was in in the eighth, and he gave up the. He let off walk Freddie Freeman hit Will Smith with a pitch, a couple fly balls. So that was the run. Um, the last time he gave up a run in a ninth inning. Okay. Um, August twenty first in Philly, the ten nine game. He still got the save. 10-9, so was it 10-8, and he gave up the the Phillies' ninth run? It was 10-8. Um, yeah, the Mets scored three in the top of the ninth. I have no memory of that. Against David Robertson. That was the game. Um, Alec Bohm hit the grand slam to put the Phillies up off of Jose Buto. I have a hard time remembering Jose Buto existing. Nate Fisher was in. Oh, this was the Nate. This was like, yeah, okay. This was the Nate Fisher game. This was the Nate Fisher game. That was the last time he gave up a Jose Buto's major league debut. Yeah, yeah. Or not debut or whatever it was for Jose. Sunday afternoon in Philadelphia. Jose Buto. In position to get a ring. So here's here's the thing that I'm what thinking. Else? 15.75. Oh God, I think that we've clearly set up two jinxes that we've given to the Mets in this episode, and I think we have to watch this. I think to cure us both, we have right. to just watch this game through. Like and if someone has listened to the podcast for this long, they want to they want to hear us hear how they, they want to get to the end of this. Um, Atlanta has won and Milwaukee has a runner on with Yelich up, but just one runner on and Yelich is washed. All right. We're looking for the last time Edwin Diaz gave up a, a blown save. Fuck. May 24th. Of this year? Yes. What was the situation? He's blown three saves this year. Um, April 22nd at Arizona, um, where he got the win. Um, six, five, Wait, Mets. he blew the save and got the win? Yeah, because he gave up the tying run and the Mets went, went ahead and won it. Ah. In the 7-6 game at home against St. Louis, um, he blew that one. And then the Mets um, Mets gave up one in the 10th, but scored two in the 10th to win it 7-6. The only other blown save that Edwin Diaz had this year was a game that they did lose on May 24th um, in San Francisco, the game where the Mets had the seven-run top of the eighth inning. Mm. insane night game yeah I would like Edwin Diaz um, not tonight especially because we've been doing this show for so long and um, blowing the three run save would take um, a significant amount of time um, yeah I that's he needs to I blow mean he if needs to blow he blows the save we will stop recording we'll be like we were right we affected the universe yep. good night and 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 we did a net good. Yeah, no, we let it. We allowed it. I'm going to be honest, Jesse. Uh, I do kind of agree with you, but I guess in some ways, hearing you recount these Edwin, D- this is an insane thing I'm about to say. This is mm-hmm. almost more insane than what you have said. Hearing you recount the timeline of the last time you gave him a run, last time you blew a save. It almost, like, that's insanity, right? Like, that is, like, magic year level shit right there. This man has not blown a save since May. It Like, that is as good as it has felt to watch him. Over the course of this year, yeah. I've watched a lot of Mets games and been like, Ugh, this is going to fall apart. And when Edwin Diaz comes into the game, I'm like, we're good. 
Like literally he's going to strike out all three and we're going to leave. And that's how it feels every time. Yeah. Maybe Edwin Diaz is just that good. And I think he is. And, and the way that that ninth inning unfolded, let's, let's just go back to May 24th. Um, which also we referenced Sean Hen's birthday being um, Caroline's birthday. Um, right. May 24th is our anniversary. So <gasps> weird stuff is. Uh, I love numerology in, in the calendar here. Um, this Edwin, the Edwin Diaz last blown save started with a leadoff single by Wilmer Flores on the first. <gasps> Stop. Tommy Listella hit into a double play, and Ottavino's giving up a run. Seven five. Seven five. With a single and two outs. Here comes. Bobby. Wait, is it still the bottom of the eighth? It is the bottom of the eighth, and here comes Diaz. Oh. Here comes Diaz to face the tying run at the plate in the eighth inning. So Why did Mike I think it was the ninth walked, inning already? Darren, Darren Ruff. Darren Ruff singled against Edwin Diaz in Edwin Diaz's last blown save. Wait, Darren Ruff? Mm-hmm. It was May 24th in San Francisco. So Wilmer led off. Wilmer led off. In that game. And Darren Ruff was a singled. Race the double play. Darren Ruff singled and um, scored the winning run. Unreal. On a Brandon Crawford single. After a Jock Peterson single. I don't really remember much of this because it was super late at night. Yeah. I, you know, I was thinking about this with him going to play the A's, who we also talked about in mm-hmm. this uh, podcast already. Weird time for the Mets to play the A's. Weird time for the Mets to play the A's. That's the other thing about the, the Mets vibes right now. Like, it's always weird when they play the teams in the Central, just in general. Cause, yeah. Like, the West Coast teams, you don't see them that much, but they're also kind of special because they're the West Coast teams. Yeah. And, like, you stay up late to watch the Mets play in San Diego and L.A. And, like, that's, you know, it happens. Like, they make this one trip a year to Milwaukee, and it's like, you know... I'm in Delaware. Right. It's like now we're doing this shit. Like it's just like slightly later than normal. It's not even an hour later than normal. It's not like it starts at 8, 10 Eastern. It just starts at 740 and goes until I guess midnight. I thought that it was the bottom of the ninth. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Like we might have to like take a pause. It's the eighth. Yeah. I think our point. Let's watch. Let's have you watch this Diaz. Yes. And let's agree that if Diaz blows a save, we can return for a brief post trip. Honestly, if if it is meant to be tonight for you to break out of this in in the way that you know we're 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 trying to we're trying to stay consistent and stay mm. with our plan, just to you can't just like you know you, you can change horses midstream. I have seen the movie Wag the Dog, and and that sticks with me every time I think of that phrase. Um, but there's no reason I feel like not to see this through that, you know, you, you find the joy and the comfort of the radio call. I'm going to do it. You get to hear how we make literary references. Exactly. They're also in Milwaukee. We're going to get about the ninth, unless something goes absolutely mm-hmm. brazy right now. Um, we got Rowdy Telez up at the plate, uh, facing Diaz who is ready to throw his first pitch. I'm hanging on this. I wasn't sweating this game. I'm sweating now. No, and that was our that was our topic. Nice. First Swinging. Pitch, uh, first pitch slider. He took it. Nice. Beautiful. Okay. Swung on a missed 0-2. All right. Well, looks, uh... <laughs> back in. Yes. Standing still. Uh, 
audience. This is for an audience of you and people know how this game unfolded. So. It's great. I love it. Oh, I love it. Oh, John has gone with the split screen of Diaz and Telez. Diaz, Diaz wing and a foul ball. Still one. Was the split screen the, the fade or was it the mosaic where it's top, bottom, and then the full? It was more, it was a fade, but not as, um, not as blurry of a, not as soft of a fade as often. It was mm. a crisper than that, but still a fade. Fascinating. See, this is the high level play by play of the SNY broadcast yeah. that we're bringing. Yeah. The old camera swung on a missed 100. Sit down. Teles throws his bat, spikes his helmet. A guy in the stands is drinking. Oh, he's not drinking. He's uh, blowing a little trumpet. Um, I thought that was somebody who was badass. I was like, that's a curious shot of the guy just hitting the bottle right after the Mets struck out the Pirates guy. It's a Mets fan in Milwaukee with a little shiny blue trumpet that reminded me of a Johnny Walker bottle that I had from a border uh, <laughs> years ago. Still have it. All right. I'm going to, I feel like we should conclude yeah. the podcast here. An hour. We, we went through. We've this. had a great time though. Here. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to okay. listen to the radio call. And if Edwin yeah. Diaz blows it in the bottom of the ninth, I'll text you and we'll, we'll do a little brief conclusion, but you know what? The vibes are good. All right. I We've like cured it. us. This has been Will It's Pen 19. I'm Jesse. That was Addy. We'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.